If you're planning a wedding, then this is a podcast for you with two shows per week and hosted by comedian and author Alicia McCormick. She'll help you become a bride chilla, make you laugh, and realize chair covers are ridiculous. And so is technology. Hello, welcome to the Friday Quickie, hosted by your technologically frustrated uh, Australian in London, Alicia. Alicia McCormack, I am very happy to be sharing this time with you, and I wanted to start by apologising about yesterday's show. No, not the actual show. I really enjoyed the show yesterday, recording it with my husband, Rich, but unfortunately... And I will say, as a performer, you're not really supposed to acknowledge mistakes and technical errors and things. You're supposed to just power on. I can't tell you how many times I've been on stage and messed up a bit doing stand-up or forgotten something or thought I was really clever doing an ad-lib and then forgetting where you, you know, going after that. And, you know, when you're doing that, the best thing is just to power on like you haven't made a mistake or power on until your brain switches back into gear and it it can be horrifying. I just want to say to you, when you stand on stage and you go, oh, my God, what am I supposed to say next? And it feels like 10 minutes, but then often it's like two seconds and no one ever notices. Anyway, you're not really supposed to acknowledge mistakes or errors. However, I want to acknowledge a technical error that occurred yesterday when apparently my episode went out without any sound. The most annoying thing is we don't know what happened. No one has an answer. We're going to move on with our lives. But why I wanted to acknowledge this is so many wonderful listeners emailed, Instagrammed, tweeted, Facebooked me saying, Alicia, uh, there's 38 minutes of nothing. I really want to listen to the episode. And that was sort of lovely because, you know, you wanted to hear it and you were telling me because I was just going about my day. And normally I check these things. It was fine when I put it out there, when I uploaded it, and then it wasn't there. So thank you very much for your uh, communication. I really appreciate it. And apologies for anyone who had planned their day or activities around listening to the episode and it wasn't there. All you need to do if you are still having problems with it is to remove it from your device, delete it, and re-download it, and apparently it will be there. I did it on my phone and it worked. So that is that. Now let's get on with the show. Today's episode, if you've heard yesterday's episode, if you're lucky enough to actually hear it, we talked about this wonderful voice message from a listener called Ashley. She actually sent me two, and I've decided to call today's Friday Quickie episode, Friday Quickie Ashley episode, which makes it sound a bit sexy, so I'm going to rename that when I hashtag it, because we don't want everyone to think that Ashley's in some sort of porno. So Ashley, she left me two beautiful voice messages, which I would like to share with you. Because it's not often I receive messages like this. And she's got a lot of good things to say. So let's kick it off. Hi, Alicia. My name is Ashley. And I'm contacting you from Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, My wedding is in October 2016 in our hometown of Ohio. in, In Ohio, excuse me. I have been listening to your podcast for the past couple of months since my fiance and I got engaged. And I just absolutely love it. It I've I'm addicted and I subscribe on an app called Podcast Addict. So it's quite appropriate. Ashley's done exactly what I've asked her to do. If you are new to the podcast, I always say if you leave a voice message or you send an email, I love to hear where you hear about me, how you found me, what you listen to me on, because it's great market research and it figures out how I find more of you. I was really inspired to finally call into you by your a couple of your listeners 
who called in and one of them was Jenny and she just, I believe, and she said, oh, I just so have gotten so much out of the podcast and I've been a chicken so far and calling in. And I said, you know what? She's right. I need to get my life together and call into Alicia and tell her what a positive difference you've made, not only in our wedding planning, but just in, you know, featuring so many female entrepreneurs and giving me a sense of confidence to finally start putting more into my freelance writing work. So I really owe you a lot. Have to butt in now because hearing someone acknowledge that to me is delightful. And to be honest, you probably heard me say this before. When I started this, I'm like, oh, it's just a wedding podcast. I'm going to talk about organizing a wedding. And it has sort of evolved from a practical wedding planning you know, radio show, basically, fundamentally what it is, to a bit of a life, I don't know, I don't want to say life coaching because that makes me sound like, well, a bit of a hippy-dippy. And look, fair dues. Fair dues? Is that a real thing? To hippy-dippies? Fine. That's not really my style. As you know, I'm woo-woo free. But I do think that if you get more than just wedding planning, if I can help you with confidence and help push you in a direction, like Ashley's saying with her creative writing, if you have something you want to do, then fucking do it. Uh, that's see, You wouldn't hear that in a motivational class. Just fucking do it, mate. Get it done. But I do think that there is there is certainly scope for being able to you know connect on other levels rather than just wedding. So thank you for acknowledging that, Ashley. It sort of happened by accident. But that's what it's like being my friend. I try and help all of my friends, perhaps a little bit too much. And they're like, back off, Alicia. I don't need your advice. But you listen and uh, I can't speak back when you listen. So maybe it's a good position to be in. Um, and I'm going to keep listening for a long time. Um, I did want to give back by referencing another caller's question um, from last week. I believe she said her name was Taylor from Oklahoma. She had asked about antique rings or antique style rings and just the major jewelry retailers making her feel uncomfortable. I could totally relate. Um, my fiance, when he first started asking me about what I would like in a ring, I kind of took the bride chilla move. And I was like, you know what? Rings are an unnecessary marked up expense in the wedding industry. And I don't even know if I need anything other than a gold band. But if you would like to get me a ring <laughs> that is not a gold band, please don't get me a new one. And I showed him pictures of antique rings um, and I did some of the things that you had suggested, such as looking on Etsy, trying to find local vendors through Etsy to look at the products, and also going to thrift shops in my local area that may or may not be featured on Etsy, but that are th that I would speak to them and they would offer to speak to their suppliers if I would give them a specific kind of description of the type of antique ring that I was looking for. It occurred to me that like us, some people may not want to kind of go through, may not be able to also go through the legwork of, you know, calling a certified gemologist to come or appraiser to come and look at a ring in a thrift shop or there just may be some things that make that an intimidating process. So one of the things, and I'm purely just a, a customer of the website and nothing else, if this is just a customer review, one of the things that worked for us or the thing that worked for us was brilliantearth.com. And this kind of goes back to 
your um, Black Sheep Bride episode as well in terms of choosing vendors that give back. When I spoke to my fiance about why I wanted an antique ring, one of the reasons is because I think they're beautiful and there's amazing meaning and significance in them. But I also just don't want to support the creation of new mind materials for a lot of reasons. And what Brilliant Earth does is they pack, they sell beautiful antique rings and newly made um, antique style rings. But they also, not only do they package a insurance appraisal and a just information um, from certified gemologists or appraisers of jewelry um, that makes you feel, I think, a little bit more comfortable with the process of buying it online. They also donate their proceeds to um, nonprofits and other just organizations that are making strides in making mining processes more humane and um, less of a workers' rights violation. So that could be a good option, and I hope that Taylor finds a great ring. Such a great proactive suggestion, Ashley, and I'm delighted that you have pointed me in the direction of BrilliantEarth.com. I've been doing some searching, and uh, I wanted to make sure before I put this to air that they were legit. Not that I don't trust you, Ashley. I trust you 100%. But, you know, I really am aware of, obviously, any partnership, sponsorships, promotion. I always make sure that if I'm recommending something to you that I do my research and try and get some referrals. And of course, your referral actually is, you know, the most important thing. You have dealt with this company. And look, certainly from the look of snooping around their social media and their website, they are a really interesting company. And I love the ethos that they do give 5% of the proceeds to charities that are, as you said, surrounding jewelry and mining it is really important that you do your research when you're buying jewelry and just i think socially responsible as you're saying to see the background where it's coming from making sure they don't have any leonardo dicaprio blood diamonds if you haven't seen the film watch it it's disturbing it's also just like i think i quite equate to buying a wedding dress that is too good to be true and probably made in a sweatshop I will beat on and on about the idea of purchasing clothes that aren't, you know, $2 clothes that you know deep down are made by children in Bangladesh or somewhere where people aren't given really, well, I was going to say really good working conditions. I mean, human, humane working conditions. I think we have a social responsibility and it doesn't mean you have to spend heaps of money, but I think you should have a social responsibility to be purchasing from companies that treat their workers with respect, treat their workers in a way where they're paying them at least a minimum wage and aren't taking advantage of them when it comes to their health and welfare. So when you said this, Ashley, I think it's a great response to be recommending a company like Brilliant Earth and having them, um, you know, promoting good working conditions and also from mines and companies that aren't creating awful situations for their employees and the environment. It's the least we can do, especially when you're wearing that rock, hopefully for a very long time. I know when Rich chose my engagement ring, he was, if he was here right now, he'd tell the story, but he went to a jeweler that chose, that only used ethical diamonds. And that was really important to him because he was investing a lot of uh, our money (laughs) in the ring and he wanted me to wear it with pride and to come from somewhere that is, uh, you know, not dodgy. 
basically. Oh, just feel me stepping off my soapbox. That was unintentionally ranty without the rantiness, but I, you know, I really believe very strongly in it. And actually, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but when I was a host on um, a TV show in Australia called The Circle, I learned a lot about local manufacturing in Australia and how much the industry, the clothing industry and shoes in Australia had really become quite scarce. There weren't many people manufacturing clothes and uh, well, fashion sort of clothing anyway in Australia at a reasonable price. And someone was speaking to me about ethical clothing and I made a bit of a vow on air that I would only wear clothing that was manufactured in Australia on television. And so I put out a message on the show and just said, if you're a designer and you would like me to wear your clothes or shoes, send it to a P.O. box. I registered a P.O. box. I will wear the clothes, I will blog about the clothes, and I will post them back. It wasn't about me getting free clothes, although some people did say keep the clothes. I didn't stink them out, I promise. But it turned into this one of these things, and this is what I was sort of talking about before, about motivating and just doing what you think is, you know, in you and pursuing something. And I sort of tapped into this great promotion in a way for Australian clothing manufacturers I called it Love Local Fashion. I just registered a domain, turned it into a little blog. It solved a problem for me because I was always struggling with finding on-air clothes that I liked and felt proud of wearing. Here's another thing about TV. You don't always get your clothing supplied. You can tax deduct them, but for the show I was on, we had a wardrobe and they'd mix and match things. And I was always like, meh, I think, you know, I like to be, I don't know, ahead of the game a little bit. And the best thing was people were sending me these amazing outfits And they were really well made. And I had such pride in writing up my blog every time that we would do a shoot. I would get the camera guys to take some great little snazzy photos of me and I'd post them. And, uh, you know, it became one of those things I really had a bit of a passion project with. It took up all my time. Does this sound familiar? (laughs) Uh, But I felt really proud of it and I learned so much about local industry. So I will say to you, now, whenever I buy a piece of clothing, I'm not saying I don't own clothes manufactured in China. I'm certainly not being one of those people going, I only wear clothes woven woven in a a special mill two kilometers from my house because that's fucking crazy. You can't do that. But I always am aware of checking labels when I'm buying things, especially if I'm buying like a winter coat and it's 200 pounds or whatever it is. I want to know where that's made and I want to know what it's made out of. There it is. Oh. I just told myself to step down off my soapbox. I think I'll step back up and then I'll step back down again. There is more from Ashley. She's got a great couple of questions that I would like to share with you just after this very short break. The Save the Date Wedding Podcast is hosted by comedian Alicia McCormick. She's your virtual bridesmaid who's helping hashtag bridechillas everywhere. If you have a question for Alicia, visit SaveTheDatePodcast.com to send her a message and leave her a voicemail. You can even buy a Bridechilla t-shirt and tote while you're there. I am Bridechilla. Hear me roar! Because I actually have a couple of questions for you and or um, a lot of the bloggers that you have featured on the show. Basically, this is months of repressed 
need to contact my virtual bridesmaid because I am, I don't know if I articulated how obsessed I am with your show. And so now it's all just the bottled up emotions are just the floodgates have opened. So I apologize for the long messages, but first of all, photographers, um, I might have mentioned in my first message that I live in Nebraska, but the wedding is in our hometown in Ohio. Um, we chose for a lot of reasons to bring a lovely photographer to, um, Ohio from Nebraska rather than, um, you know, pick someone there. We just felt so comfortable with him. And I've heard a lot of folks talk about having photographers who know your venue well, um, who are comfortable with it, have, have shot there and gotten the greatest angles. And I just wondered what the best way would be to have someone who is coming from out of town feel comfortable with those venues without giving them a sense that I'm just showing them other people's work um, that was done in those venues or, you know, something that I, he's the best photographer that in our minds. So whatever I do, I don't want him to feel like he's not, he is the best for us beyond doing a test shoot like the day before. um, Is there anything else that you or some of your photographer experts um, would suggest would help that individual? I think this is a great question from Ashley because there are lots of photographers that are visiting venues for the first time when they are shooting weddings. I'm sure if I had a photographer here in the room with me, they would be answering this in a different way. But if I can throw you back to episode 99 and 101, I talked to Laura Babb, the wonderful UK photographer, and she is really involved in the the photography business, especially in um, the UK, but she also does a lot of shooting in America as well. And in the interview, she did mention her, well, pros and cons of having visited a venue before you shoot it. And she said she actually gets quite excited by visiting a new venue on the day where she can sort of scope out amazing little nooks and crannies where she can take photos because it challenges her creatively and also it gives her a new perspective. She's not shooting the same thing over and over again. So I'm sure if you've hired this photographer, you believe in his work, I think you said he, and that you believe that he takes a great shot. And that means, you know, a good photographer is able to work on the fly and make it happen. I do think if he's there the day before, he might like to have a bit of a walk around himself just quietly. You don't have to do it. He'll go off and do his own recce, as we would say in the telly business. Go and do a recce, site recce, and just maybe suss out some some locations where he would like to photograph you. Also, I'm sure he would be willing to talk to your event planner or organizer or someone who has something to do with the venue who might be able to give some suggestions about where people normally go or what you have access to in the way of the grounds and rooms and lighting on the day. Because often people who are you know, running the venue can say, well, there's a special little area down by the side there. You wouldn't know to go there if you wouldn't know to look for it, but it's fantastic for photos. I also think it's great that you have an out-of-town photographer shooting a new venue for them because it means that you're not going to have photos like everyone else. So I say, yeah, if you feel comfortable showing him photos from other people's weddings, fine, do it. But otherwise, if he has an hour to have a wander around himself and that's what he likes to do, you know, we don't want to get in the way of his creative process. Some people choose to do things different ways and it works out really well. But that's my suggestion to you, Ashley. We're hoping to 
incorporate some, I guess you could call them traditional Italian folk dance. Um, we are both have Italian background and we're from a pretty big Italian American community, but the dances that we're doing, as some people like know them as the Tarantella or something similar to that. The dances that we're doing, I actually learned from a unusually specialized performer in that area. And it just really was an amazing experience for me. And I wanted to share it, even though it is a part of our culture, a lot of family members won't even know what these dances are because they are so specific and special. And so we're really excited about it, but I can't really bring, we can't really afford to bring out a whole other set of performers to to play that music. And we also don't want Italian folk music to be the only music that we play. We want to have a DJ that has all of our favorite popular music. So I'm just looking for, and this might be a question to look to smash the, smashing the glass, which I have tried. Um, and I love that blog, but this was a little bit specific. And I thought maybe we could put the question forward to like figure out how I can, without having to fly someone out to just do a couple of songs, put together a short program of these traditional dances and get everyone up and dancing and not make it an awkward breakup to the normal um, kind of popular music set that we will end up providing. So those are my questions. And again, Alicia, thank you so much for everything that you do. You are one of the most positive parts of my day and life right now. So happy days. OMGs. Well, that was the most positive part of my day, your message today, Ashley. And look, I love I love that you are doing a sort of big nod to your cultural heritage. And I love that you're learning the dance. I nearly said dance because I live in London. Um, so I think two things here. I don't think anyone is expecting you to bring out a huge band or backing track that you know with live musicians especially if you aren't in a an area where these musicians exist or would cost a lot of money to bring them in as you said for a couple of songs i think you've got to be aware of time and aware of what time in the evening or day if you're getting hitched in the daytime to do this special dance i think you should do it before everyone gets trashed if they're getting trashed before you know the dj starts to play all the you know as you said modern music and dance music because you don't want to get everyone up on the dance floor and go hey 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 we're gonna do a dance for you now which is delightful but also as you said once people get up and start going and they start dancing and you get them to stop it can be hard to get them back on the dance floor again Although not impossible, especially if you have a cracking DJ. Saying that, I do think that if you had, and this is a bit of an idea, you said that someone special has taught you this dance. And I don't think on the day you want to be standing up and saying, all right, everyone stand up and we're going to put the left foot here. We're going to do the left foot there and shake it all about, whatever. So I do think if this person, this is maybe a long shot, is in the area and they're good at teaching, it might be nice to have someone that's confident stand up and go, hey, everyone, this is the dance. It means this to Ashley. This is the background. This is what we're all going to do. Now, everyone get up and let's have a great time. If you can find that really confident one person to sort of take ownership of the dance, that would be amazing if you're expecting everyone to get up. Otherwise, Ashley, you sound perfectly capable of grabbing a microphone and just giving a couple of sentences about what 
the meaning of the dance is and when you learned it and why you're doing it because that's really nice to have context. Like I always say, if you're bringing a piece of your culture, your ethnicity, your religion in that maybe the majority of your guests aren't aware of or understand the meaning of or the purpose of, I think it's great for people just to have a couple of moments to go, oh yeah, I get it. Or I didn't know, didn't know people did that. Well, this is why people are doing this. Fabulous. We all feel more comfortable when we understand things. I'm not saying you have to give the entire bloody history of, you know, the Bible or whatever if you're doing some sort of religious ceremony. I'm not saying you have to go into great depths, but it's just nice to have a bit of a background. And exactly what you just said to me and us just then about it having meaning and perhaps it's not widely known, I think it's really nice. So maybe that comes from you and maybe that's why it's nice to say this is a part of our American Italian culture. We want to share it with you. Here are a couple of steps. That actually could be quite nice now I'm saying it. Maybe you're the person to get up and teach everyone a couple of moves. And that would be quite cute and a pretty good photo. I think it's lovely you're bringing that in. And I'd love to hear more uh, responses from you out there, bride chillers and groom chillers, if you are bringing a little bit of your culture in. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm totally white bread, Hobart Australian. As I say, I'm culture free since 1981. I love hearing how people are bringing in some beautiful uh, touches to their heritage and background in their wedding. And it's lovely hearing from you. So if you have something in a similar way that Ashley's doing, leave me a voice message. I'm now encouraging you not to type emails to me. I want to hear voice messages because I love hearing from you. And as Ashley said, she'd been saving these up. It's just like talking to me on the phone. This is just all, don't think about the people listening. Just think Alicia needs to hear my voice. She wants to hear a lovely message. There it is. Ashley, I hope I have helped you today. I'm so happy to make it Friday Quickie Ashley Day. It's been so great to share and I'm so delighted that myself and the podcast has made a positive impact on your day slash wedding planning slash life. I'm so happy to have you on board and I'm just really grateful. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for sharing, Ashley. Thank you so much for listening, my wonderful bride chiller, groom chiller, whatever your name may be introduce yourself. Send me a voice message. You don't even have to have a question. Just tell me a little bit about your wedding. I love sharing that. Oh, look at this. I'm pulling ideas out of my hat. Right. It's Thursday night. I need to go and pour myself a wine and watch the X-Files because I'm behind and I keep reading spoilers. So I need to get onto it. Rich doesn't like the X-Files. I was such a diehard X-Files fan when it was on 15 years ago. And, uh, It just feels like I've stepped back into my high school years. So it's really nice. Mulder and Scully, hashtag for the win. I love you both. And I love you all. Enjoy Friday. Enjoy your weekend until Monday's episode of the show, which uh, has a title. I don't want to reveal too much. It's called Confessions of an Awful Bridesmaid. I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to say anything else. But uh, I want you to spend the weekend of wondering who the hell I'm going to expose as an awful bridesmaid. Okay. Happy days, my friends. Happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.
My favourite thing besides Nutella and my husband is hearing from you and also getting support from you, whether that's an emotional thing. I mean, you people writing wonderful emails to me and tweets and Facebook and iTunes reviews. Thank you so much for the people that have been doing that. It means so much for me and also gets me out there so people can see how good the show is and hit that subscribe and download button. It might push them over the edge to become a fan. If you are buying totes and t-shirts, oh my God, I just get a massive friend boner for you. I know that's appropriate to say while I'm asking you to support the show, but if you are contributing financially, perhaps instead of buying a wedding magazine or a coffee this week, you send that money to me. Your contributions really do make a difference in helping me produce two shows a week. As my dad would say, you're a bloody tops group of champions and uh, you're the best audience ever. I'm eternally grateful. I love you. <laughs>